Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Joe Bengford, CIO at UCSF Medical Center and Campus. In this segment, Bengford talks about his team's incremental approach to analytics, why going too big too soon with governance is a bad idea, and how he applied lean methodologies when consolidating two separate IT teams. You talked about looking toward that optimization mode. And uh, I would imagine that along those lines, um, you're talking about getting into um, things like data mining and just being able to uh, enable the users to, to leverage the data for, to improve care. Yeah, this is, um, this is a, a critical aspect of our strategy. As I mentioned earlier, our approach to this has been a little bit different. Uh, the analytics marketplace, especially in healthcare, is um, fairly young. Um, it's a very complex data set that we're dealing with, and so it, it becomes quite a challenge. But there's a tremendous amount of innovation going on in the marketplace, and uh, my, my approach to this has been that we want to work incrementally in this regard. Um, I, I'm not really interested in implementing a multiple million dollar implementation of a standard data model um, and a standard set of tools um, that we're all going to use. Because um, uh, in an environment where there is so much change, so much innovation going on, you could invest a tremendous amount of money and and still be way behind where the marketplace is. Um, so. Our, our approach to this has been a very uh, business problem sort of focus. Um, so instead of buying, a, you know, an, a, a third-party um, data model and implementing it, uh, we've essentially leveraged the the data warehouse that comes out of the Epic environment, uh, uh, Cohedo uh, environment, and then uh, and populated that. We were one of the early ones to get Cohedo up and running, and. And then from an analytics standpoint, we basically ask the organization to prioritize what business problems are you trying to solve? And let's prioritize them from, you know, let's just start from one to three or one to five. And um, we're going to take the resources we have and we're going to attack those three uh, to five problems. And as we, as we resolve one issue, we'll determine, okay, to solve this problem, we need uh, these data elements. We need to define these metrics uh, and, and these transformations of the data and institutionalize those definitions, um, implement, you know, it's either an analytical work product of some kind. Typically, it's, a, it's an interactive dashboard of some sort. Right. Um, and then once we have that problem solved, we go to the next one, and then we define all the data sets and, and definitions uh, and transformations for one. By doing it this way, we are incrementally moving uh, and maturing the, the data model and the analytical tools that we're applying to, that, to, to those data. Um, right. and, and we're solving uh, business problems early and often. Um, instead of asking the business to wait for a year or two while we get all of this technical infrastructure in place, uh, we're, we're taking more of a, I guess you would call it a, a scrum method here of building up analytic uh, muscle and capability. The other thing I think I would mention about this is that um, it's not just a technology issue. Um, clinicians, researchers, educators, 
they have to learn how to use data. Um, and you can, you can put tools in front of them that solve specific problems, um, and they have to get acclimated to actually using the tool, how to use it, uh, when to use it, and to make it part of, of, uh, of who they are <laughs> and how they solve problems versus their more traditional ways of, of dealing with things. So uh, yeah. we really see in the process of evolving the technology, we're also helping the organization to develop analytical muscle uh, over time. Right. Okay. And so with, with something like the dashboards, would you say that you kind of uh, maybe started it to have certain functionalities and then just kind of uh, w would add certain things or take certain things away and just kind of well, did it that way to really make sure that, you know, you're putting the right information in front of people when they need it? Yeah, I mean, essentially, um, uh, yes, that's absolutely correct what you just described. Um, to be more specific, just to give you uh, some examples, since we wanted the executives, we need, you know, you always need executive sponsorship for these things because it's really their problems that we're trying to solve. Um, uh, since since we, we engaged them early, the first problem they wanted to solve was, look, we kind of know what's happening in the hospital from day to day, but we really want to understand census. We want to understand um, throughput. We want to understand cash collected, uh, and we want to be able to drill down on an individual department basis on many of these items. Um, so we basically created, uh, we call it a flash dash. So it's a flash report uh, that's, that's um, uh, pumped out daily that shows uh, all these dynamics within, within the hospital. The second problem they wanted to solve was more specifically around throughput. And uh, one of the key drivers for throughput was discharge before noon. Um, and so we created a dashboard that provided insight to all of the various steps required in order to um, uh, execute in a, in a safe manner uh, discharging patients before noon well, when they met their discharge date. That helps drive throughput. It helps drive down the cost of care. It helps with uh, uh, many things. So that was the next very, very pointed problem to solve. So we built a discharge before noon dashboard that had a lot more detail than what the, the original uh, flash dash uh, provided. Um, and then, you know, we just continued to move from there. There's blood utilization uh, dashboards. There's dashboards around uh, the various quality metrics from, from our quality department, um, which I think we're up to somewhere in the range of 400 different quality metrics that we have in a um, near real-time basis. So um, it's just solving those kinds of problems. And then once you, you've defined many of these data elements, you suddenly have a basis to create other kinds of value and other kinds of um, uh, analytical tools. So that's where we're just starting to see the flywheel spin on this. Right, right. Now, how does that work as far as, you know, when you are making those tweaks and are doing different things, do you have, like, a specific committee, or, like, how do you get the different input from the various users? Yeah, this is a complex question uh, in this environment. Uh, again, we started very much with the uh, clinical enterprise, and um, we established a governance uh, group, and we really established two. One was at an executive level, um, you know, our, our CFO, our Chief Medical Officer or our COO to define some of the the burning issues from their standpoint, um, and then we created 
uh, more of an, uh, I guess you would call a tactical or execution-related uh, working group uh, that evolved into a data governance uh, type structure. Because many of the decisions that we had to make as we were solving these business problems is, um, okay, well, how are we going to define, um, you know, patient days or, um, you know, different metrics? We we had to get the institution to agree on those things. So we created these, just a very simple uh, two-tiered governance structure, very focused on on analytics and and define not just prioritizing the business problems we want to solve but uh, also defining down into some of the weeds, uh, how are we going to, as an institution, agree to measure certain things. Right. Now, this problem gets uh, more complicated as you, as you spread out to, to more parts of the organization, both within the clinical enterprise, but then when you start expanding into the research organization right. uh, or the education uh, side of the house. You can't pile all these people into one room and have them talking about fundamentally different, you know, uh, business problems. So we've created working groups um, around uh, education analytics and research analytics, uh, and we're going to have some subgroups um, uh, within the clinical enterprise for, uh, you know, different specialties um, uh, to make decisions on those things. And then, you know, of course, we always will run into um, resource contention because the demand is uh, the demand for analytics, no matter what, will completely outstrip the supply that you have to offer. Right. Um, so we do have a, a uh, you know, the higher level governance group that basically is a, is a mix now of the research, education, and um, patient care uh, leaders who can look at the demand that we present to them. We will propose a priority, and they can adjust things around. We try to make it as easy as possible uh, for people to engage. So that's the general process, if that gets to your question. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But this is another thing that, you know, my, my advice is you, you cannot throw a big, heavy governance uh, at something like this uh, if you're just getting started. You really have to get focused on what are you trying to accomplish in those early days and focus, uh, put governance in place that's very efficient and focused on those problems and, and then grow it over time. Otherwise, it becomes almost a roadblock versus an enabler if you try to get too big too quickly. Right. And, you know, when you, when you talk about all these, um, all these strategies, like I would imagine that, you know, you talked about continu- uh, performance improvement and lean, and I would imagine that that kind of factors into to a lot of the, uh, the strategy and, you know, the way you do uh, prioritize things and, and manage certain projects. Yeah, that's right. It, uh, those, that strategy is extraordinarily useful um, for, well, really all the way from the executives all the way down to, to people in departments making decisions about, you know, what business problems they need to solve. Um, you know, we have an incentive program here within the UC system uh, for the medical or the clinical enterprise um, that, that uh, also ties to the to the strategic plan. So uh, if people understand the strategic plan and, and their incentive, uh, uh, in, uh, monetary incentives are tied to certain um, initiatives that drive that plan, you can get alignment fairly quickly. Yeah. Now, as far as the, the lean initiative, you said that that's something where you're fairly early on in the process right now? 
Yes, lean is um, lean is absolutely a culture first, and culture is not something that changes overnight. Um, there, there, of course, it's a methodology. There are a set of tools. There's some very specific training. So it's got the mechanics and the infrastructure behind it in order to impact culture, um, but it does take time to to really have that feed throughout the organization. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the typical time frame um, that that I've heard, at least, is it's probably a, a good five-year journey that we're two years into. We have seen a lot of success with Lean, um, and we've applied it to uh, very specific uh, patient care settings. Um, we've applied it to information technology and the processes that we run in information technology. Um, and we've applied it to administrative process uh, as well. And, you know, we've, we've learned a lot. Um, you can have a significant impact uh, very, very quickly. And then if you, if you don't continue to follow up, you can lose, lose those gains quite quick, quickly as well. So we've, right. we've learned that it takes a good degree of, of, of follow-up and uh, leadership engagement to ensure the, the incremental improvements that you've made don't, uh, don't dissipate quickly. Right. And is it something where when you do see those kind of early wins, it's something where you have to kind of really, you know, communicate that and kind of motivate people to keep going through the process? You do. Our, our, our method around that um, has to do with um, report outs at the end of Kaizen events and things of that nature. Um, you know, where, when the team has worked in a room for three or four days dedicated to finding performance improvements or process improvements, um, uh, they get the opportunity to present that. And um, it is a strong expectation that the executives, especially associated with that department, um, are engaged in the report out and, um, and that they uh, continue to sponsor that on an ongoing basis. Right. Can you think of any uh, like examples or specific areas where um, you have noticed some of those the early successes with uh, implementing the lean methodologies? Most of my individual focus has been um, in the in the technology world. So that um, so so let me just give you one of those. That's probably as as good as any. It's probably in, in the area of provisioning of systems. Um, so as, as I mentioned before, well, maybe I didn't mention, uh, you know, when I took on the, the uh, campus or the, the research and education parts of IT, I found myself with two completely separate IT organizations that I needed to meld together in some way, um, which we did through, you know, an organizational consolidation um, those are always painful, but yeah. you know you you get to uh, a consolidated organization and you find you have a consolidated leadership team and a completely disparate set of processes that they're running across the two, um, and so we've we've really tried to identify where we are doing things differently and 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 to apply the lean method in order to. Um, uh, hopefully evolve from two separate, totally separate things uh, into one that takes advantage of the, uh, the best qualities of, of both of the, the prior versions. We did this in the, um, 
it was server provisioning specifically, just to get way down in the weeds on you here for a moment. And um, through the process, I mean, we had people from, we had customers of, um, you know, who request uh, servers. You'd be surprised. They come from all aspects of research and education and from the patient care world. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But um, we had customers in the room. We had the people who actually do the provisioning. Uh, we had, you know, some process-oriented facilitators uh, in the room. And uh, we essentially took the process from being, I'm embarrassed to say, somewhere in the range uh, anywhere from one and a half to three months to uh, implement a physical server and somewhere in the range of two to three weeks to actually get even a virtual server implemented down to uh, really just a number of days. Um, and that's from the time a request comes in until the time uh, it's actually provisioned and ready uh, for use. So, uh, you know, we saw easily um, a couple of hundred percent improvement uh, in the in the time frames. That's one thing about we found with Lean is um, don't look for 10 or 20 or 30 percent improvements. Look for 75, 100 <laughs> percent yeah. improvements. Um, right. and, and you will find them. There is just a tremendous amount of inefficiency, especially when you go through a consolidation of teams. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.